0: My name is Humble Gray, and I am a Mississippi farmer. Now I ain't much for the spying business. Approach a fella head-on, tell him who you are, where you're from, and what you want. That's how Farmer Gray deals with folks. But I have had some minimal experience with espionage, yes, sir, I will admit. For as a young man, I was sent by my daddy to investigate just what was going on at Merv Atlas's farm in Quitman County. At there, Egypt's got himself a brand new Jeepster Commando, says my daddy, and you know his land's not doing well enough to forge such bibelots. And if it is, I got to know what he's planting. So I asked my daddy, I said, why don't you ask him? To which he replies, if I asked him, he'd know I was fixin' to move in on his territory. But if you make an inquiry, all casual-like, he'll think nothin' of it. That's cause he'd figure you for the chowderhead you are, a cradle-brain in whom all roads lead to nowhere. So get over yonder and begin the interrogation. Mildly. So I took myself over to Quitman County and found Merv on his tractor, surrounded by acres of purple flowers. "'Farmer Atlas,' says I, "'you openin' a flourish shop?' "'No, no,' says he, all jovial. "'These are my crocus sativuses. "'I'm makin' a fortune sellin' them to the spice makers.' Ooh, "'What's a crocus sativus?' asked I, truly ignorant. Saffron, says Farmer Atlas. "'It's saffron, boy. "'All them hippies out east are cookin' with it, "'and it brings in a goodly sum per acre, believe you me. "'Well, I carried this information back to Daddy.' Farmer Atlas is feeding the beatniks, says I. That's where all his money's coming from. Daddy slumped in a chair, head in hands. For what shall it profit a man, sighed he, if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Mark eight thirty-six. Needless to say, we did not emulate our errant neighbor's strategy, and I engaged in no further farm espionage, which brings us, incidentally, to today's review. We're looking at a film entitled... The Courier, a photo play about some international secret agent stuff. Based on true events, it's from a time 60 years ago when brave men risked their lives to spy on that old Soviet Union and their nuclear weapons. Now, you know right away the movie's set in the early 1960s because of the incessant consumption of booze and tobacco. Also, whenever they make these films set mid-20th century, all the colors seem kind of washed out. Maybe that's how things looked six decades ago, I can't rightly remember. Anyway, Benedict Cumberbatch plays Greville Wynn, a British salesman who does business in Eastern Europe. An ordinary guy and a nice enough fellow. Why, I'll bet if your arms were full of groceries and you were trying to get in the house, he'd say, I'm here to open a door. But still, he's a man of no daring accomplishments. Yet old Greville, he's approached one day by the CIA and MI6 the latter being kind of the English CIA, but with different letters. Now, what exactly do they want from this workaday fella? They want him to travel to Moscow on the pretext of establishing business ties with the Russians, but in reality, to carry back information from a Soviet colonel-turned-spy. See, this colonel, name of Penkovsky, he recognizes that Russia and the U.S. are dangerously close to nuclear war, with Khrushchev and Kennedy going at it like Tom and Jerry. And he reasons that the only way to avert an atomic holocaust is to pass Soviet secrets to the West so England and America can better deal with their enemy. Now, naturally, Greville Wynn has a couple of queries for these spy masters. Will I be putting myself in danger? Well, that's one. What if I get caught? That's two, that's a good question. And one more. That execute me, correct? And that's three. But Wynn accepts the job after assurances that he'll be at no risk. And what do you know, he proves right good at it, too. One thing about the Soviets, though, when it comes to spies and traitors, they don't fool around, no, sir. As demonstrated when Pankovsky attends the execution of a major Popov, a good old spy for the good old U.S. of A. What's more, the tension of all this spycraft phrase wins nerves and leads to marital discord, especially since his wife, ignorant of her husband's espionage activities, mistakes the changes in his personality and constant trips to Moscow for signs of an affair. That's right, she thinks her hubby is sweet-talking the fancy Russian ladies with lines like, What does this do? Well, he's British after all. Things reach an even prettier pass when he and Penkovsky come under suspicion by the KGB. Unfortunately for both of them, those KGB agents are tricky boots and things don't work out the way they might for, say, Mr. James Bond or Matt Helm or one of those guys. Thus, what was exciting turns harrowing and... This is unexpected. ...to to say the least. Now, this is quite a tale, but is the film true to the facts? Somewhat, apparently. I I researched the whole affair. Well, okay, I read one article after I saw it. Things weren't exactly as told in this movie. It it also seems that Wynn liked to fudge some of the details, i.e. he lied about some stuff. No. Yes. So, 20% of the facts are 100% out of reach, which... Would be a pretty impressive statement if I hadn't fabricated those numbers. But the basic premise holds, not only was when an ordinary gent flung into the great maw of history, but the intelligence gleaned from Benkovsky played a valuable role in diffusing the Cuban Missile Crisis. Now Mr. Gumberbatch, blessed with a hero's mien, ably renders the polar opposite, a middle-aged, middle-class man scared witless by this boy's own adventure. Scared, yet also inspirited, as he finds unexpected reserves of strength in the face of real danger. Why, he's even able to say... I'm volunteering to bring back the best source of Soviet intelligence you've got at a time where Russia and America are on the brink of nuclear war. ...without taking a breath. And Marebn Did I say that right? Marebn as Penkovsky... Why can't they just have normal names like Smith and Jones? ...as Penkovsky reveals the humanity beneath his bureaucratic crust. Thus, his evolving friendship with Greville seems not only plausible, but likely. Even so, I had to wonder, did Penkovsky truly believe he could save his country by betraying it? In this film, he did, and we're grateful to him. Yes, sir. Next week, I'll be reviewing Raya and the Last Dragon. Play me out, Zeke. (laughs)